Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine. My name is Mark Sorianis. I'm your host. I'm a third Don Black Belt, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine. Today we are joined by Cheryl Lewis. Cheryl is a martial artist, stunt performer, fight choreographer, actor, action designer, circus aerialist, gymnast, I could go on and on. Cheryl is a student of Taekwondo and a student of someone that we have great respect for on the show, someone who's been a former guest and who is an icon in the martial arts world, Master Simon Rhee. In addition to that, she has studied Wushu, Kung Fu, and the art of the Japanese sword, Kendo during her time working and studying in Japan. Cheryl happens to also be, which I didn't know until we spoke, an alumni of my alma mater, Hofstra University. Cheryl is a very uplifting, upbeat, thoughtful woman who has a lot going on. She is entering a new phase of her life and her career where she is taking moves to transition from being in front of the camera to being behind the camera. Among the projects that I know that we can see Cheryl in in the upcoming days are this year's highly talked about, highly anticipated Wonder Woman 1984, the sequel to the Gal Gadot film of several years ago from the DC Universe. Please enjoy this great conversation and follow the career and the path of martial artist and Taekwondo practitioner Cheryl Lewis. Today on our show, we are speaking with martial artist, stunt woman, influencer. Um, let's see from your from your resume, uh, action designer, filmmaker Cheryl Lewis. Cheryl, thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, Mark. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. So I came upon your information from the uh, United Stunt Women's Association. Uh, and, and they have been a source of some interesting guests for us in the past. So that's how I sort of came. And in reading your bio and seeing that you have a martial arts and, and, and Taekwondo background, um, I was excited to speak to you. And then oh, as uh, I, learned a little, I learned a little bit more about you, I learned that we have something in common, which is that you had studied, and we'll get to that, but you had studied under the great Master Simon Rhee, someone who's been on this program and someone that we have a long-term relationship with. Yes. That is, um, I was very uh, fortunate and blessed to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's certainly great in, in both um, the martial arts and in, and in the film and stunt genre. So tell me a little bit about, your, a little bit about yourself. Um, how did you get involved? I see you have, um, you've studied not just Taekwondo, but you've studied uh, uh, Kung Do and you've studied uh, Kung Fu and Wushu. And so tell us, how did you get involved in, in the martial arts? When did that happen and, and what was the basis for that? Um, I've always been an athlete. Um, I was a gymnast when I was a kid, 
And then when I retired from gymnastics, I moved on to dancing so that I was that dancer that can tumble. And then when I started to get into stunts, um, you just want to supplement your skill sets. So um, I started studying with Master Simon Reed when I was in um, California. And I think because of my dance background, I was able to kind of excel and move up because I already had that mentality of um, retaining choreography. So I, I always loved like doing the forms and, you know, making it flow and making it my own. And from Taekwondo, there was another instructor out in LA who was teaching um, Northern Eagle Claw Kung Fu. And so my Sifu is David um, Morizont. So I started studying um, Eagle Claw Kung Fu with him. So I was doing Taekwondo and Kung Fu. I'm also an aerialist. So I do circus, aerialist, um, static trapeze, um, tissue, fabric, um, hammock. And two Cirque du Soleil performers recommended me to a Russian agent who was going around getting the acrobats and aerialists in Russia and Ukraine for a new show that was opening up in Osaka, Japan. So the two Cirque du Soleil performers that um, I worked with before recommended me to this Russian agent and they just, they just sent me an email. Um, you might get a call from this man from Russia. I'm like, oh, okay. So he contacted me, wanted my CV, my reel, did all of that. Um, and I got hired, so I ended up going to Japan for over a year as an airless acrobat in a new show at Universal Studios Japan. So while I was oh, there, wow. I was like, I'm in Japan. When is the next time I'm going to be in Japan for this length of time? I need to study some martial arts while I'm over here in Osaka. So I looked around, and um, I found a kendo club. So I started training at the kendo club in Osaka and then asking around my fellow castmates in the show uh, about places to study. Um, one of the other dancers, um, um, the Japanese dancer, con put me together with um, a gentleman that taught wushu. So even though my, I do not speak Japanese, um, it, it was a very... Um, challenging taking these classes, but I was determined. So I started training um, with the Wushu team and also um, training Kendo with the Kendo Club. So that's how I got involved in those martial arts as well. That's wonderful. That's a very, there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot of similarities in, in a lot of this to other folks that we've spoken to. Um, I had spoken recently to Chuck Johnson. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he does um, stunts and he's got actually has a Taekwondo Dojang in, in Japan. And um, he's talked to me about, he was a, a celebrity bodyguard, but he took the celebrity bodyguard certification in Japan and it was completely oh, wow. in Japanese, in Japanese of which he does not speak and talk to me a little bit about the, uh, the, 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 the difficulties of, of doing that, but, but certainly something that he was able to overcome because it became part of his interim career while he was, you know, paying his, paying his way over there. So, um, and, and, oh, wow. and I That's just recently, well, yeah. And I just recently spoke to Wadi Jones and we talked a little bit about, and, and it's something that you touched on um, because he has a dance background and it's been very curious to me 
the the connection and, and you touched on it between uh, the ability to transfer the skill set of dance and and martial arts and and you touched on it a little bit but tell me about uh, about what is similar and what's different about training in dance and training in the martial arts well they're so similar with is body awareness and it's also the connection with your yourself and your movement and even um, storytelling and the discipline it takes to train all the different aspects of both um, dance and martial arts. So something like a fan kick in dance is similar to a crescent kick in the martial arts. When you, you know, pivot or pirouette in dance is, you know, similar to when you go into your roundhouse kick and you have to, you know, pivot that bottom foot to turn your hip over. So just your, your, your warm up and your, your, your training and the exercises that you do to get your body prepared for these movements um, are very similar. And then the mindset of the discipline um, that you have to do um, if you really want, if you're going to be a serious dancer, if you're going to be a serious martial artist, there's a lot of things you have to, you have to focus on and concentrate and, and be aware of. So that's how those things are similar. And also, you know, martial arts, it's an art. Dancing is an art. There's a, there's a poetry and, um, you know, beauty in it when one performs it that comes, you know, it shows from the inside out as well. Um, I, you know, watch online some of these group katas, and that's just, you know, that's, that's a dance. That's, that's concentration. That's doing something with um, the bodies around you in this sync motion. And, you know, the higher levels of the group katas, when you watch them, it's just, you're just in awe. It's amazing. And it's similar to if you're doing a, a dance piece with the fellow dancers around you, you're all connected. You're all in sync. You're, you all have that oneness as well. That is um, really, that's wonderful because I, I you know, for me, and, and I, I don't have a dance background, but I have a, a long-term martial arts background. I've been in the martial arts for over 30 years. But when I watch people that are at a high level um, doing their pumse or doing the pumse or sport pumse, uh, I find it, I'm amazingly moved by their synchronicity, um, by their engagement, uh, by their execution of, of those moves in, in a way that is very, very similar, which I never understood as, you know, as a younger person, I never viewed it that way. But to me, it is, there, there is a great uh, artistic element uh, to it that is very similar to um, watching other, other performers, such as, as high-level dancers. Oh, so, yeah. Um, I, I think you tied up. And then when you watch, when you see it, you, you get um, entranced. If you say it to somebody else, just on paper, a group kata, it, it sounds one way, and somebody else who's not familiar might be like, eh, you know, whatever. But then right. you, you show it to them, and they watch, and, and they, you know, you're transfixed, and it's just, it's just so beautiful. Absolutely. Now, looking at your background, I see that we, we share, I didn't realize it at the beginning, but we, we share that we're both uh, Hofstra alumni. <laughs> um, you, you, you more on the, on the side of film and I see you minored in, in dance. I was on the, the political science and, and pre-law side and, and law side, but tell me, um, in, I see that your, your 
education was in film and, and minor in dance. Was it always your desire and your expectation to become involved in some form of entertainment, dance, um, stunt performing? Is as your life's unfolded since that time, is it as you've designed it or is there just sort of a coincidental track there as things have opened up? Uh, tell me a little bit about that. I'm always curious to see about whether or not people are where they, um, you know, designed to be or, or sometimes for a lot of the, the folks, you know, life takes them in places that they never expected that they would be. I think um combination of the two and, um, and you just have to be open up for what the universe presents to you. Um, I grew up in Maryland, and my father was a mathematician in physics, and I was very excellent and excelled in mathematics and computers. So, but we also always went to the theater, and we saw shows and, and were, did the arts. So when I was deciding to college, like, I wanted to be in New York, but I didn't want to be in the city city because that would be um, too distracting so i chose hofstra and when i arrived at hofstra my major had a double major of of math and computer science with a minor in dance that's what i started off as and then and then as i get immersed i'm right there in new york there's so much around and all these inspiring people around me and I started shifting into filmmaking because I was always dancing. I was, I'm always performer. And then I started shifting into filmmaking and then I switched over to the, to the film program. And I tried for, I think it was a a semester to do all of it. The classes, because film classes are usually two hours long. Your regular classes are usually an hour and a half long. It was just conflicting too much. So I slowly started to shift more artsy craftsy. And that's where I decided on the, the major in communications film with keeping the minor in dance. Wow. Well, that's, that's, that, that's great. That's great. So where do you go from there? Where does um, the journey take you from uh, training martial arts, from dancing, from studying to that first big opportunity? Um, is that something that's happened as you're building part-time, you know, working in, in, in sort of in, in part-time in, in dance and in, in other things? Or, or was it something that was more direct, direct and more dramatic than that in terms of a big opportunity for you to that big break that came along? Oh, so I got my minor in dance and I was doing um, and also film work. And then when I graduated, I was doing, you know, production and then I wanted to still dance. Again, those were, it was conflicting so much. And I'm like, there's a small window of opportunity, basically, I said, to be in front of the camera. And I have my knowledge for behind the camera. Let me focus on the performing first and see how far that will take me before I shift it over to, in essence, behind the camera. So then I started dancing and performing more. And again, I was that dancer that can tumble. So I performed with a lot of like modern dance companies. I've done a lot of tours, a lot of musicals. I've performed in every state except for two. And I will get you one day Alaska and Hawaii. But I've been on so <laughs> many tours. I've, I've, you know, been all over the United States. I've done uh, cruise ships and even uh, a few dancing stints um, 
in Dubai. We were, we were in Dubai. We were in Thailand. And then one day, um, an audition came up, and they needed dancers that can tumble, that can act. So all my training, oh, that's me. And it ended up being, uh, and I went in for the audition, and the callback was on rollerblades. I was like, oh, what? Oh, oh wow. Okay. <laughs> well, I can do um, I can do the pretty, you know, stuff, maybe some arabesques and, you know, backwards and forwards. And so I went in for the callback, my rollerblades. I ended up getting the show, but I already had some musicals in, I think it was Michigan at the time. Yeah, Michigan, some theaters in Michigan for that summer. And when they called me and said, can you come down and do this show? I'm like, you know, thank you so much for the offer. Um, I'm already booked until my show closes August at the end of August. But if something comes up, please keep me in mind. And then somewhere in July, they called again. They're like, when does your show close? I'm like, August 25th. They're like, can you be in Florida August 26th? And it was for a stunt show down at Disney Animal Kingdom, Tarzan Rocks. And oh, right, so, sure. so I was in Michigan doing my shows and trying to find a place to stay in Florida at the same time. I packed, went down and and that's when I, st- and then I started um, the stunt show. So we rollerblade, did a couple of aerial apparatuses, cloud swing, Spanish web, tumbling pass, go up and dance, and then come back down again. So it's a lot of elements to the show. It was great training, um, met a lot of wonderful people. And so from there, um, while I was doing that show, they were filming something in Florida and one of the other stunt performers put my picture and resume on the production table and they ended up calling me and they're like, we need a female that can do five back handsprings in a row for this stunt job. And I ended up booking that and that was my first um, SAG stunt job. I became SAG that way and um, ended up doing an episode of this TV show. I got to fight the guy, those kind of things. So it just kind of progressed from there and always wanting to, you know, you want to train and, you know, hone your craft and improve on your skill sets that you have while you're always learning new skill sets. And I love that about being able to do uh, this job as a stunt performer um, because I I get to be a performer and I, I get to always work and always train at my at my craft and my skill sets and, and learning new things is always a big joy. You know, you get your self sense of accomplishment and, and pride in what you, what you're doing. Um, so how that's kind of how that progressed. Um, you can't really, you try to plan, you want to be trained hard enough. So you always prepared. Um, you want to be ready as opposed to having to always get ready. That's great. That's great. I, I love that. I love that. That's a great philosophy, and and your open-minded approach to things is is, is great. Let's. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about. You know, I'm a big believer. We hear the term uh, mixed martial arts and MMA um, quite a bit, and I know there's a there's a lot of definitions. From my perspective, always the true mixed martial artists are people who have um, study not so much a blended style, but have a strong base in one style and maybe study others. You certainly fit that category. You've studied Taekwondo. You've studied Kung Fu. You've studied um, weapons. You've studied um, 
Wushu. Um, tell me a little bit about the, uh, about that. Tell me about um, how does how does this skill set for one again translate to your practice of the other, and perhaps from the perspective of of just looking looking at all of those, what, what is it that you in, enjoy the most about being able to to study all these martial arts? I'm a big believer that you know everything's connected. So you know a skill set in this area can help you and benefit you in another area. Um, so you know don't be afraid to be open and let other things influence you. Uh, so. Um, all the different training, everyone has different ways of doing things. And you might get the, if I'm, you know, go into, you know, a karate dojo, somebody might, you know, correct my feet position in a horse stance because theirs is maybe a little bit more turned in as opposed to parallel. Okay, so you can, you can make that adjustment and not be so rigid. And, um, well, this is the way we do it here, this is the way they do it there, um, because there's a value in all the different martial arts that um, that can be learned and connected to. When, you know, doing kendo, that was something totally, totally different that I really had, and being in a different language as well, had to concentrate and focus on when I was in class and when I was training. So I think that all of that connects and it helps your mind work in different ways, that focus and connection and having to observe every little detail because I couldn't understand the language when I was training in kendo helps me when I go back training another um, martial arts because now my sensibility of just watching someone is, is more heightened, it's, it's at a higher level. And now I can look at something and maybe pick something up even while I'm sitting down and incorporate it that way. So it, you know, it helps me work those things out. And, and I love mixed martial arts because you have to, you have to study the different techniques. So if this technique doesn't help you get out of this situation, ah, but the technique from over here can, so you're better equipped to whatever comes um, at you. And if you're able to be that, have that flexibility in your mindset and craft to, okay, this didn't work from the Kung Fu technique. Oh, but this Taekwondo kick would be a much better uh, thing to have than to be able to switch and utilize everything that's in your tool belt. Then that's wonderful. But that, that is great. That is great. And that is, comes back to, you know, the, the universal popularity of the philosophies, right, of Bruce, of Bruce Lee who, about studying many things and keeping what works for you, understanding the other things and, and discarding the things that just don't work for you because we're all different body types. We're all different ages uh, and not everything will necessarily work for, and we have different goals in terms of why we train. So in, in listening yes. to you and in, in, in listening, it's very interesting because you're in, in your profession, I see that you have this as, as a really big solid part of your resume, but it seems to me that your study of the martial arts was not merely a prerequisite to being able to say, all right, well, now I can be a better stunt person, that there seems to be a greater and broader 
um, life goal in terms of, of how that integrates into your life. Is that fair for, for me to say? Is that a, um, an honest assessment in terms of, of your study of the martial arts? Yes, my study of the martial arts, well, yes, it is definitely needed and supplements my stunt training, my stunt career, but I even studied a little Ishinryu karate before that, and it's more all about, it's, it's an art, and I love, I love the arts, and there's just something about martial arts that connects with me that I would still be doing even if I wasn't a stunt person. The, the discipline and the training and the movement and the way it, it connects with your, you know, mind, body, and soul, all of that, you know, connects and appeals to me. And it's, it's interesting because it's so different when I was training in Japan and then um, training in the States, because in Japan, you get, you know, after you bow out, you, you have to, you know, you, you, you clean the dojo. You, <laughs> I love it. I love it. You break out the, um, you know, the brooms and the mops and everyone, you, you clean the floor, you know, that discipline and respect. And it sounds funny, but I kind of miss that when I train in the United States because that part is not incorporated. And it's just you know, it, something. It, 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 right. And it may sound funny to some, but for, for those of us that are traditional martial artists and have trained either abroad or have trained as uh, with immigrant, even if they're not, our dojangs are in the United States, but we come from traditional immigrant uh, teachers. It is something that we've come to understand and we under, we really do understand the value of it. And, and there is something to be said for the fact that you don't simply um, walk on the mat, do your thing, go home and let, let everybody else, you know, worry about it. It becomes your connection to the people that you train with and, and, and the facility uh, and, the, and the art and the things you say are 100 percent true. We, 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 you know, we take that responsibility so that we understand that, that the art gives something to us and we give back. So that means if you're if you're bleeding, if you're sweating, if you're you, you got a bandaid on your foot that comes off, you know, you you become responsible for for making sure that 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 it's that it's cleaned up for everybody else. And I agree with you. I think that that teaches um, lessons that are, you know, maybe more important than kicking and punching. Yes. And um and it's also everyone. It doesn't matter what belt you're, you're, right. you have on. Um, you line up belt order so there's that hierarchy and the way you present yourselves and your, your yes ma'ams and yes sirs to one another out of respect. And then at the end of the day, everyone is, you know, down on their hands and knees and cleaning the floor. Absolutely. We're all equals in that. And, and we all take equal responsibility. And in fact, as a, as a higher belt, for me over the years, I've taken a greater responsibility in doing that because I believe that one of the things that we learn, right, is you got to lead by example. So I certainly don't expect the, um, the younger people or the lower belts to, um, to do something that I consider myself to be above doing. So I try to show them by example that I'll be the first guy on the mat to, to bend down, to clean up and to sweep up or to do whatever, because that's the example that I want to set. And I think that's part of your martial arts journey. Yes. So, I, I totally agree. That's great. So tell me now. I know that that we're speaking in New York. I, I I'm not sure if you're um uh, if you're you reside on the East Coast, West Coast. But uh, tell me what's going on for you now. What are you What are you involved with currently? And and I'd love to know what the um the future holds for you. Well, what projects are you involved in? And and what are your your short term and 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 long term uh 
you know, goals and, and things that you're looking for, you know, to be working on. Like everyone else in the, in the, in the stunt realm, um, you're always, you're always training. You're, you're always hustling. You know, it's, it's from, you know, job to job. So um, I'm always training, but, you know, moving forward, I like to go more into uh, fight choreography and action directing and action design. And then also um, just filmmaking in general. There's, I think there needs to be more diversity as far as the works that's put out there in, in the media, whether film, television, online streaming, uh, whatever. And so that is, that's one of my, you know, moving forward, looking to the future goals, and especially with the females, more female coordinators and the such. Um, we were making progress, but there's still more that can be done. And I have a, you know, a couple of things that will, that I worked on already that I'm looking forward. I, I was, oh, so fortunate enough to be a part of Wonder Woman 1984. So I can't wait to oh, see wow. that. When that is released this summer, that I'm so excited about. It just the the first trailer looks awesome. Yeah, and if it's if it's if it's nearly as good as the as its predecessor as the as the last one, it really will be something to uh, yes. behold. Really, really good filmmaking, good action, good fighting, good stunts. So that's great. That's exciting. And and I, and I think your your mission is our mission as well. You know, we we've, we've really made it a point to try to highlight a diversity of people across the board to showcase their their talents. Uh, we, we had Mindy Kelly on earlier this year, or, or at the end of last year, actually, um, who became the first really uh, fight and stunt choreographer to lead. Um, oh, that's right, yes. Major motion mix. Yes, she did uh, The Art of Self-Defense, which is a right, great, right, yes. great film about toxic masculinity sort of in society, but, in, but through the, the vehicle of the Dojang, it was great. And, and, she, and when I saw that film, and, I, and, and I, I, I was very curious about the training of the actors who I knew had, for the most part, very little uh, martial arts experience and discovered it was Mindy Kelly. She was, she was very generous in speaking to us. And, and I think that there's, um, you, as you said, there's progress that, that's being made. But, uh, you know, I think that there, there's um, a lot of angles to telling a lot of stories and, and all of those voices need to need to be heard. And I think that there's a lot that people can benefit from, not simply a just a linear view of, of um, you know, of, of any one of any one uh, approach to um, storytelling, especially in the action genre, which has probably for the most part been extremely, I would guess, male dominated for the past 50 years. Yeah, it's interesting because, um, you know, being in New York and when I was first, you know, that starving artist and you, you have, uh, you have to get places with, you know, so many different roommates. And I remember uh, going to interviewing with some people who were looking for a roommate and they, um, they's like, we need a female in here. And I'm, I'm like, uh, why? And there's just like, well, because there's, there's two guys already and we just need a female to balance out <laughs> To balance out the masculinity. The masculinity in levels. And it's so funny <laughs> that they realized that. And and I think they had like all males in the in the apartment before. And it was just, you need that balance. And I think the same is on set as well, um, especially with department heads and on cameras. Uh, just that balance and to get different perspectives of of 
of life and how things uh, may occur. You might not think of something just because that's not where you live. That's not your your realm. That's not how you see things. You need the um, the eyes and ears of different people with different perspectives to make it um, interesting and not just you know two dimensional. And the fact that Mindy was the you know department head and fight choreographer and stunt coordinator on the that that film that is just you know, wonderful. And, and, and it's interesting because Riley Stearns, who is the filmmaker, who happens to be a uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner, I think when she spoke to me, one of the things that she said was that his desire in bringing her in was extremely directed towards exactly that, which was balancing out the fact that he understood that he had a male perspective. He was doing a film about male toxic behavior. He had a male martial arts. He's a male martial artist and said that, you know, the best way to bring that balance is to bring somebody who is um, high level, who's skilled, who can bring that opposite approach. And, you know, last week's episode that, that premiered for us was on talking Taiguk, which the Taiguk obviously is the forms, but it's also the yin-yang symbol, right? And that's, yes. that is hopefully what we all achieve in, in for, for the best results in our life and in our training is that level of balance. So in what you're doing and what Mindy's doing, um, to be able to bring that other part of the of the equation those these things come together beautifully and it, it's no longer now out of balance it becomes completely balanced so i applaud you for that and i Ooh. really look forward to following your um your journey and your career and and for us particularly um you know we we, we hope that you'll share with us um get back in touch with us submit anything for the magazine that you like or for or for our show on any of the things that you're working on we'd be very happy to cover it to promote it Oh, that's no, so it, wonderful. It's, it's, it's Thank you so much. No, oh, it's, my, so... it's my pl- it's my pleasure. Ah. If people do want to, in winding down, if people do want to follow your career, if people want to find out a little bit more about what you're, what you're working on, and w- we'll post this in the show notes, what would be the best place for them to do that? And, and we'll post it either on social media or website or, uh, again, I saw your Vimeo, your Vimeo reel, which was terrific, your, your, your stunt reel. Um, but what would be the best place for them to get in touch with you and be able to, to follow your journey online? Cheryl in action on all social media. So that's with the C, C-H-E-R-Y-L-I-N-A-C-T-I-O-N. So they can DM, DM me on, you know, Instagram or my website is CherylInaction.com. So reach out. That's great. That, that, that's great. And is there anything uh, in particular for you? One of the things I like to do is for people that have had the opportunity to forge their path in the way that you have, you know, for, for young people that are just sort of getting involved in, in either in dance or in the martial arts, but in, in some sort of a, a, a journey, um, is there any kind of, uh, based on, on the life that you've lived, is there any quick bit of advice that you could give um, for people that are starting out to be able to make that, that journey a little bit easier, maybe something that you wish you knew, that you know now that you wish you knew then? Uh, even in the, whatever your, you know, your heart tells you to do, Really don't second guess yourself in that aspect and go for it. There's a poster when I was a gymnast that I have on my wall that said to train hard is to win easy. So oh, again, wow. always, always be prepared and, and train and get the information and knowledge. You know, it's sometimes you might feel like, oh, I have all these skill set, but nothing is happening. Um, you just have to really, it sounds cliche, but you have to stick with it and believe in yourself 
and always and surround yourself with positive people, people who are, are, are the fighters and the go-getters and are trying just as hard as you are, but in a, in a positive manner. Sometimes people get clicked in with other people that are just the complainers. And then right. that starts to bring you down that I notice. And even if it doesn't seem like things are going as fast as you would like it to go, when you have a good support system, that also helps. And then also to be, to be kind to one another. Um, I was having this discussion with an actor friend um, regarding auditions and we we're trying to figure out, she was like, how can I get out of my head? about something, if she had a bad audition or even if she had a good audition, you start to, you know, speculate and fantasize. And one, one thing that I try to do sure. is if I'm after an audition, I'll go to someone and I'll give them a genuine, honest compliment. Just go to somebody else and say something nice to them, either somebody at the audition or just someone that you come to on the street, whether it be that's a great hat I love your shoes, or just a random stranger, have a nice day. That is terrific. That's terrific. And, you know, that is one of the things uh, Deepak Chopra in his, in his writing said that his mother taught him that you should always every day give something to somebody. And he didn't always understand it as a kid. Like, well, I don't have money to give a gift to every person that I see. And he understood it to mean that exactly what you just said, which is that, no, you give a person a smile, you give a person yes. a hello, you hold the door for somebody. Somebody drops a pen in the street and you pick it up and hand it to them, whatever it is to be able to do that, that connection. And you, and, and if you're not, if, if you're not able to observe the reaction that people have from it, then you're probably not paying attention because people, it really does pay dividends in terms of uh, of the amount of uh, positivity that it pays off um, in terms of other people. So I, I love it. I love, I love your philosophy. I wanted to repeat what you said was great. And I know you said you got to post, but I've never heard this before. You know, I always see a ton of these things, but to train hard is to win easy. I think that that is, is phenomenal. I think that that is in life, uh, a great lesson for people. So, um, Cheryl Lewis, I thank you yes. so much for talking to us today and for connecting with us and sharing a little bit of your life and your journey with us. We are going to, again, we'll, we'll post a bunch of this stuff. And we look forward to the, I know that you have many wonderful things uh, in your future and we look forward to being there right alongside with you to share that with our uh, international audience. So thank you very much for talking to Taekwondo Life today and uh, we wish you a great 2020 and beyond. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. You as well. Positive thank moving you. energy. Positive moving energy, and that is what we're going to go out on. And, and i got to tell you something. This was, uh, I, I, I feel like I just had an, uh, a, a workout after this conversation. It was all good. I have that same, that same rush of endorphins. So, so you, you can, that's, that, that's your good deed for the day. You, it, it, at least you, you, you made at least one person feel uh, uplifted. So I thank you for that. Yay. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you. With spending time in training and working on the podcast and the magazine, it is difficult for me sometimes to get out to the store or the supermarket. 
And when that occurs, I always rely on Instacart. A friend of mine introduced me to Instacart about a year ago, and it has really changed the way that I shop. I go on the computer or on my phone. I have multiple stores to choose from in the neighborhood. I can select all of my products for delivery, and it'll give me other alternative products based upon my preferences. And it's really, really a helpful tool towards making your life a heck of a lot easier. No more worrying about trying to find parking at the supermarket or standing in line at the checkout counter. You can just do all of it from your computer. It'll help you save money by giving you suggestions on deals and by providing you alternative products. And shoppers will hand select your products. They'll bag them up neatly and that they'll deliver them within a specified delivery window. I have never had a problem with the products, the groceries, or the service from Instacart. And if you follow the show notes and you let Instacart know that we sent you, they'll provide you free delivery on your first order of over $35. I highly recommend it. And I think that it, for me, has been one of the life-changing services that I've gotten involved with. I'm not a guy who does a lot of internet shopping, but this is something I don't like to be without. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.